the season of fall is upon us, and we right away become aware of the change in the weather and the dropping of the temperature. We are conscious of the display of changing colors we see around us in the trees surrounding our homes and lakes. And for some, there is a more heightened awareness of the changes of weather during this time of year, such as our sisters and brothers on the East Coast affected by the hurricane that swept out of the Atlantic and wreaked havoc, destruction, and flooding. We continue to pray for them. Great storms can remind us of our finite existence and shows us dramatically that there are forces beyond our control. This can also bring to mind how sheltered our lives are and how infrequently we are exposed to the raw power of nature. We are often protected from it and can help others who are affected by it, thanks be to God, and the gifts, talents, ingenuity, and expertise within humanity that reflect the goodness and omniscience of God. Though these storms have happened and will happen again, we continue to live out our lives living comfortably. Our technological progress has aided in our well-being, and we do not experience the everyday dangers present in the previous generations, though dangers are still occurring. We are often sheltered from storms, vaccinated against diseases, and cured of many illnesses. Medical science finds ways to aid us in having a healthier and possibly longer life. And we have material possessions that make our lives comfortable. These technological advances can be a great help to humanity and are goods in themselves to be utilized for the good of others, unless they turn us away from God. Yet the comfortableness of life can create something of a problem for us hearing the gospel in a serious manner. The gospel's message is about salvation, and in our comfortable and in our comfort, this message can be overlooked. We can fall into the attitude of, yes, I believe in my salvation through Jesus, the resurrection and everlasting life, and thoughts of that remain, and that is and that will happen someday, but in the here and now of every day, has comfortableness preoccupied us from recognizing obstacles we have placed in our lives that could impede our salvation and living out a life of holiness daily. Christ presents today teachings that call our attention to the sanctification God gives freely to us and is received through our baptisms. This sanctification is an ongoing process. So at the beginning of the Christian life, God forgives our sins and gives us the gift of righteousness sanctifies us and renews us. He transforms us, but he is not done with us. He wants us to grow in righteousness over the course of our Christian life. And, in, and if we cooperate with his grace, we will. The new commandment given, to Christ, given by Christ comes to mind, John 13. Love one another as I, Christ, have loved you. 
so you also should love one another. The gift of charity, of love, is the greatest gift among others given to us in grace, becomes our disposition. This is how we continue growing in righteousness in the continuation of the initial forgiveness, sanctification, transformation, and becoming heirs of heaven. Yet we can place obstacles in our lives to, that inhibit our cooperating with the graces given to us. Christ in great hyperbole today indicates some radical surgery to rid ourselves from obstacles and temptations inhibiting our cooperation with grace and turning us away from a sanctified state of being by us choosing to turn, turn away from God. This indicates the seriousness of sin and the need for its avoidance. It is something we want to pay attention to. So what does this removing of obstacles look like in the Christian life? It is both sacramental and the practice of virtue. Being welcomed into the sacrament of reconciliation with a contrite heart, we receive the mercy, forgiveness, and love of our Lord that removes the obstacles we have placed in the way of our relationship with him and reconciles us with him and with those we have hurt. It looks like a married couple who practices the virtue of charity, sacrificial love for one another and the family they have together. A love that is a sign for one another and the world, the love of Jesus Christ. And when we come together in celebration of the Eucharist, expressing our worship of God and faith in his word and the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, we pray our prayers of thanksgiving as one body of Christ. The prayer is meant to be for us a great storm that removes us from our complacency of comfortableness by putting us in contact with the sacred. We are confronted in prayer with the obstacles that we easily forget, that we are finite, we are dependent on God, and we are in solidarity with one another, especially those who are poor and marginalized.